Overthinking It podcast episode. What episode is this? I don't know. It's unclear. But awesome. It's episode awesome, and we're here uh, at the beginning of summer movie season. Well, two weeks after the beginning of summer movie season. Hey, is it just me, or does summer movie season get earlier and earlier and earlier? It started, I guess, at the beginning of May, and kids aren't even out of school. It's not even summer. It's technically spring still. The music in the malls in, like, February. It's ridiculous. Peter Fenzel. Hello, Pete. How are you? Hi, Matt. I butt in where I don't belong. I'm doing fine. And uh, Ryan Sheely from – where are you Skyping in from? I'm, I'm in St. Louis again in the, in the middle, middle west of America. Are you still, are you still teaching? Um, no, no. The kiddies are, have now graduated, so now I'm, I'm dissertating full-time. So they're, they have graduated. In fact, the summer has begun there. The summer has begun. School is out. But um, you're in a different time zone, so things happen earlier? It's right. It's it's some sort of relativistic effect. Um, So, yeah, but here we are. Or later. And in Brooklyn, Jordan Stokes. Brooklyn. (laughs) 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 How you doing? Uh, I'm doing great. How's the BK? Just happy to be here. All right. Uh, Summer movies. This is the bread and butter of the Overthinking It blog. The inspiration to start the blog... uh, came to me, I guess, thinking about a uh, an exchange, an email thread that happened between some college friends, all of whom are on this call, uh, a couple years ago, two years ago, when uh, X3 and Superman Returns came out, and there was a very lengthy dissection of the differences between X3 and Superman Returns, and uh, a, a heated, I mean, friendships were ended. The debate was so heated uh, as to which was a superior film, you know. And we don't need to rehash that discussion here. But uh, let's look at the lineup of summer movies uh, slated to come out and uh, see if there's anything that we are particularly excited about seeing. Now, we've already missed Speed Racer. Speed Racer's come and gone. Going once. Fast. <laughs> he <just> whizzed by. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> uh, Speed Racer, when it opened, was the number three movie in America, uh, making less money than the Ashton Kutcher, Cameron Diaz vehicle, What Happens in Vegas. But then the protagonist yelled at a monkey in the back seat, and it zipped up to number one really fast. <laughs> <laughs> Sadly, and that, that did not, in fact, happen. The, as, <laughs> yeah, no, that was not correct. Um, uh, the Chronicles of Narnia, Prince Caspian. Now, Matt, you mispronounced it. You need to pronounce it Narnia. <laughs> Where the big-lipped, pensive children uh, save Narnia yet again from Tilda Swinton, the overthinking it muse. <laughs> she inspires every day and night. Really does. No? Again, okay. The less said, the better. Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, next weekend, May 22nd. Looking forward yeah, to I that. I just finished watching The Last Crusade, and uh, I don't know. I hope it's good. Uh, I got to say, always... the trailer, the, you know, I saw the trailer before Iron Man. I actually now don't have particularly high hopes. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be, I mean, I think it's going to do well. But I think it's going to be a lot of the old, warmed-over uh, Indiana Jones uh, tropes without a lot of really new excitement. And also, Harrison Ford is fucking old. Um, you don't think that uh, you don't think that Shia LaBeouf can step into the sidekick shoes left behind by Short Round? 
Uh, no, in fact, I, I, I think if they had brought Short Round back um, wherever he is and whatever he may be doing, then it would be a instant hit. Um, I believe Short Round is actually now a fight choreographer. I believe. There we go. I think Kay's important right there. Like, I think that couldn't be more awesome. What is good about the first three Indiana Jones movies? I, I, think, they're, that is, I think they're good movies, but what is it that makes them good movies? I love them. Wow. I mean, there's a lot. There's there's a lot of perfect storm action going on. I mean, the dialogue for the third Indiana Jones movie was done by Tom Stoppard. So, I mean, it's not like they do one or two things well and then they kind of blow off the rest of it like they're, you know, Van Helsing or something. Um, <laughs> there's, a, there's a real effort where Van Helsing did a great job of putting in uh, spinning computer-generated spiky boomerangs and failed in pretty much every other regard as a movie. Uh, whereas I feel like with Indiana Jones, you got, you know, you got a great – a really great series of performances out of Harrison Ford, who does his wonderful sort of slapstick farce uh, leading man note. Right, the action comedy, action suspense comedy, mm-hmm. right, I think is really successful. Yeah, and it's a, they really integrate the set pieces very well into the movie. And I, I mean, I think it, it does seem a little bit thrill ride-ish when you're watching it, um, but not nearly as much so as – you know, say, Constantine, where Tilda Swinton stole my heart, um, where it's like, oh, we went to a bowling alley, and there's a giant swarm of evil locusts from hell. and like The trailer looks like just a bunch of punchlines. I mean, for me, I associate the Anna Jones movies a lot with, you know, my childhood, and I think I like them because I saw them at an age where my um, movie viewing was much less sophisticated. And often, even when I review things that I've saw when I, at first when I was a child, like when I reviewed Goonies, I liked it a lot less. And I think updates of stuff that of, of series, you know, much beloved series after, you know, 10, 15, 20 years, it's hard to really recapture that magic. I mean, I really hope they do, but I'm, I'm skeptical at best. I feel the same way about Epcot Center. Oh yeah, you don't have. The I don't know, like... Captain EO. Captain, I don't think they have Captain EO anymore, but that will still always do it for me. Um... <laughs> that was Captain EO. We talked about Captain, Captain EO. EO on an overthinking podcast. <laughs> well, yeah. there we go. We're, we're you know, I wasn't even on that one, and apparently, you know, we're still obviously uh, we're, we're still on the same page. That's Our great. preoccupations are consistent. That's sure. Okay, moving on. Sex in the city. <laughs> no. Okay. Well, I, you know, I just feel like when I saw the trailer that um, that it's just going to be a bunch of stupid special effects and punchlines, and it's not going to recapture the magic of the of the originals. <laughs> oh, I heard online somewhere that Shia LaBeouf may do a fifth Indiana Jones movie; that he may take over the franchise. I thought you were saying Shia LaBeouf might be in the next Sex and the City movie, which would be yeah, no, it's actually Sex in the City, like, you know, part two, Cougars on Patrol, where... <laughs> Cougars of the East Andes. Or something. Where the Kim Cattrall character, you know, starts dating Shia LaBeouf. Mm. LaBeouf or LaBeouf? Or LaBeouf or LaDouche. Uh... <laughs> pronounce his name as from Transformers, I believe. <laughs> and Yeah, kid from Transformers. Okay, Sex in the City, moving on. May 30th, The Strangers... Liv Tyler and Scott Speedman star as a couple heading to an isolated vacation home, but they have to fight for their lives when three masked assailants terrorize them. It had a very spooky trailer, I've got to say. Michael Michael Haneke made this movie. It was called Funny Games, and he did an English-language remake. 
uh, with Michael Pitt in it. No. So in fact, he already made it twice. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> It's like, I liked this movie when I saw it the first time when it was called Funny Games, and when I saw it the second time when it was again called Funny Games. It was called Funny Games in German or something like that. It was like, the, you know, Das Gamen, das Gamen, very funny. Do they have those words in German? It looked, yeah, looked creepy. Looked very yeah, creepy. But in terms but... of creepy looking movies, I think actually the new M. Night Shyamalan. Um, it actually looks remarkably creepy, even though what, I... The Happening? Like, yeah, The yeah, Happening. Yeah, I was going to say, I what's mean, the title of that one? Seen... What's that? What's the title of that movie that you think is creepy? <laughs> the Happening. <laughs> it's about performance art in the 60s. Yeah, you know? <laughs> exactly. It's about a bunch of people walking past an apartment building and seeing someone waving a giant piece of, of fabric out the window in artistic fashion. Hey, listen, listen. The thing is, this is why. I mean, I was as skeptical as each of you, but when I saw the trailer, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a movie called The Happening, and it's M. Night Shyamalan, and yet it still looks really fucking scary. So I don't know. I kind of believe in it. I mean, you know, I maybe I hope the twist is that there is no twist and everybody just dies. Um, but you know, maybe that's me. <laughs> Mark Markson, right? What's that? Yeah, Marky Mark, Mark and uh, Zoe Deschanel of uh, of She and Him. She's now a budding uh, indie songstress. Um, so I mean, I'm I'm that's one of the ones I'm actually looking forward to. You don't mess with the Zohan. I was going to say, there's something important we need to talk about, and it's you don't mess with the Zohan, I think. <laughs> Adam Sandler. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. A, he's a Mossad agent. He mm-hmm. uh, moves to New York and becomes a hairstylist. Right. What's not to love? There you go. Yeah. And he's, yeah, pursu- actually... he's pursued by terrorists who are intent who... on his destruction. And it seems like... It's basically all of the terrorists have moved to New York and gotten jobs as cab drivers, and then they uh, they see that this Mossad agent is there and decide that they've got to like come out of re- retirement to kill him because he has killed so many of their friends and family. Uh-huh. Wow. So it's kind of funny that this is the way that Hollywood can approach the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Right? I don't think yeah, they've made like... any other movies about it since Munich, right? Yeah, I don't know that I'm, you know, really looking forward to this movie in the classic sense, but I'm very interested to see just like how they how they deal with this since they've decided that, you know, letting letting Happy Madison Productions take a crack at it is the right way to go. Now, the Onion AV Club summer movie preview says this is essentially the big budget equivalent of the annoying guy in the cubicle down the hall who does uh, endless Borat impersonations. How do they know? They haven't seen the movie. No, I guess not. But they're they're paid to be snarky, and this is what they've come up with. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it might be very Borat-y. It might not. I mean, it's difficult to say. I, I think that uh, from what I've heard, what Jordan said about the movie is so different from what's in the trailer for the movie Yeah. Uh, that I feel like they probably made a movie that they don't really want people to know what it's about until they see it. Yeah. Um, well, and in that case, very nice. Very nice. Sexy time. Yeah, that's actually the whole first act of the movie, just that (laughs) They do do that. And then a bomb goes off and, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kung Fu Panda, released on June 6th. Pass. The Happening, June 13th. (laughs) We've done it already. The Incredible Hulk, also on June 13th. Yay, I'm seeing not The Happening on Uh, June 13th. Ed Norton. You know me, me and The Incredible. Yep. 
Now, you were a champion of the Ang Lee Hulk movie, Pete, right? I, I remain a champion of the Ang Lee Hulk movie. I think it's spectacular. I'm a big fan of that movie. Okay, but what – so why remake it? Why remake it so soon? Uh, well, the reason they're remaking it is because they considered the first movie to be somewhat of a commercial failure, and they want to create a viable franchise on which to build sequels and crossovers. Um, and that's kind of a, a novel approach to, to, to blockbuster making, to basically be like, well, this failed, but let's just do it again um, a little bit different uh, in the hopes that we can make a sequel to it that will also be fairly similar but only a little bit different. I don't know. I mean I, it doesn't look like they're really hamming it up all that much. I mean Ed Norton's no hack. So um, I'll be curious to see what they do. I think they just want to make a more action-packed movie. They want to use the character more. They want to um, create more of the images people are used to seeing. Um, I think it's because it's a it's a positive thing. And also, I think the the factor is that you know now we've got with the start with Iron Man, you've got Marvel producing their own movies for the first time, and they want to they're producing the Incredible Hulk, and they want to reclaim this character. They want to, to put this character forward the way that they envision it, not the way that Ang Lee envisioned it or Universal wanted it to be. One thing that's very interesting about uh, the Hulk movie in that light is that if you go to the IMDb page, uh, Robert Downey Jr. is going to be in it as Iron Man. Really? So, yeah. Yeah. And, well, they're totally uh, I mean, up for an Avengers movie in like three years, right? Yeah. Which I think... I think that this is a tactical error on Marvel's part. I think that what they're trying to do is because they're so used to having their comic books where, you know, everyone goes back and forth and, you know, you would have to buy like 12 different comic book titles to see everything that Iron Man got up to in, in, in like in one individual month. That's what they're used to. And they're trying to make that the rule with their movies, too. So they like they all tie in together. And I think that that's that's bad. I think one of the reasons that the movies have generally been so successful is that you don't need to to like make any big commitment to uh, keeping up with the mythology in order to go in and see a movie. Right. You know, that's why like, they always start from the beginning, start with the origin story, and like you can walk in cold and walk out entertained. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that it's it also like in the space of it's you have more space, I guess, in twelve comic books than you do in a ninety-minute summer action movie. You know, right. you really have to focus in on the on the one character if you're going to get anything done in that with that one character. Yeah, right. it'll, it'll be interesting. Go ahead, Pete. <clears throat> I was just saying the way the characters are designed, the idea of putting different characters together in the same panel, there's a much more natural pressure to do that in a comic book. The Marvel characters are all designed to look very distinct from one another. I mean, up until about, you know, you get to about this, the 80s and that stops happening. But the original ones are meant to look really, really different in, like, newspaper comics. So there's only so many things you can do with that body before you want to see what it looks like next to a different one, like what he looks like next to Captain America and so on and so forth. You don't have that problem with movies. This is the same problem that happens in pornography. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Pornography are very close to one another. Why the code happened. Um, Tim Roth, a villain. Mm -hmm. Liv Liv Tyler is, again, kind of like... You know, up there, I suppose. Yeah, right? Uh, okay, Incredible Hulk. Get Smart on June 20th. I love that show. I love that show a lot. Yeah, the show is it's brilliant. Night all the time. So, it'll I mean, be this uh, maybe will be... Though. I mean, because wasn't one of the big gags in Get Smart the, like, the the, the shoe telephone? I mean, that's kind of, I feel like some of those gags are a bit obsolete. I'm sure they'll... 
they'll work with them. But it'll be interesting to see how they how they update it. Um, and mm-hmm. I mean, I have a lot of faith in in Steve Carell, but uh, you know, and um, but it's still it'll still be an interesting update. Yeah, I mean, Get Smart is basically Austin Powers, like the TV show. It's a also. very aggressively '60s themed parody of spy stuff, like, but more of the Man from Uncle than James Bond specifically. Right. It's uh, interesting though that Get Smart is actually opening on the same day as The Love Guru. Um, so we'll see if you know whether you know Austin Powers' success is that people are uh, drawn to spy parodies or that they're drawn to Mike Myers. So I, I would have to predict that Get Smart's going to do better, much better than The Love Guru in the box office. You think so? Yeah. <laughs> I think I mean, that would have been very a different game if this had come out after the first Austin Powers movie. But after after the third one, oddly, I think people got tired of Mike Myers, but not tired of spies. Mm-hmm. That's not odd. That's not odd at all. Spies are awesome. <laughs> Good point. I retract. <laughs> the Love Guru. Uh... Did anyone see The Guru, starring Heather Graham and that random Indian guy? No, um, this I came did. out like. Yeah. This looks like a very similar concept, um, although the other one had the cool porn angle on it as well. Um, but I just sort of saw that. And I was like, don't they know that there's already a movie that they do all these things with? And then they made the, the Eddie Murphy movie, right, where he played like a spiritual counselor on, who basically went pop culture and revealed the sort of emptiness of you know, Oprah-related spiritual counseling. Oh, it was called Holy Man. The guru, holy man, the love guru are all about people who really don't have a good justification for doing it becoming pop cultural spiritual counselors like on TV. Reunites Mike Myers with Vern Troyer, mini-me. Another reason why I think it's not going to be very good. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Like Mike Myers wants to go back to the little people jokes. Really? Shrek has gone so well for him, and so I think he's trying to figure out how to get himself back into, you know, back into a movie um, where he's actually acting. And I just don't think that this is going to be the way to do it. I don't know. Pixar's Wall-E on June twenty seventh. Psyched about that. Yeah, right. The the Pixar Pixar keeps hitting homers. Pixar has basically earned a pass with me by this point. Yeah. But also, just looking at the trailer, it looks like it's uh, it looks like it's interesting. It looks like the robot might not talk, which I think would be really interesting because I read um, that it's all sort of R two D two style beeps and bloops. Uh, actually, by the same guy who composes the beeps and bloops for R two D two. Really? Yeah. So it's. I mean, the movie's not totally dialogue free. There's a few human characters, but they sort of speak much more peripherally. So a lot of the movie is just sort of silent uh, robot acting with, with, with beeps. Wow. And I think, a lot like Johnny Five. He looks like a cross between Johnny Five and the dudes from Batteries Not Included. He does it not, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I think that um, the, the, if there was a problem with Short Circuit, which we could argue about that, but if there was a problem with, <laughs> if there was a problem with Short Circuit, it wasn't Johnny Five. You know, if if there was a problem with that perfect, perfect movie, Short Circuit, and equally perfect Short Circuit 2, I find the um, catalog in generally flawless. But uh, what I I like about the idea of it being silent, did did any of you see uh, The Triplets of Belleville when that came out a couple years back? Oh, yeah. 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 I might have seen that with you. Maybe not. That was We saw that at Lincoln Center, I think. We might have. Yeah, Jordan, Jordan, I, I definitely saw it with you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> cool, cool. Um, but you know, I just think it, it, you know, it shows that silent or not silent animation, but sort of dialogue-free animation can be pretty awesome. So I'm looking forward to Wally. Right. 
Uh, finally, just taking us through the end of June, and we'll leave it there. Wanted. Uh, also on June 27th, uh, Morgan Freeman and Angelina Jolie as assassins, members of a secret assassins guild. Jungle Fever, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. <laughs> I like it when I like it when contemporary culture tackles the guild system. I feel like it's, it's kind of like really got its fingers on the pulse of the way that things work in the world. Right. So, <laughs> I hope that they use guilders can't and, and talk with their hands and like conduct in, in secret uh, negotiations to set prices for assassinations. I hope it's mostly the back end logistics of running the Assassin's Guild. Right. It's and about that, like it's about what kind of forms that they have designed to send people out on assassinations and get clearances to kill people and things like this, you know. It's what kind um, of assassination you have to complete to move from journeyman to master status. Right. Exactly. Uh, it's like the, it's like the professional, but you know. <laughs> Uh, directed by the director of Nightwatch and Daywatch, the Russian movies. Oh, is it? Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Uh, talk about that, Jordan. Did you see those movies? I saw the first one and liked it a lot. I haven't managed to see the second one yet. Um, oh. But no, I think, he, I think he's a talented guy. I would have been like, really? Interesting. That sounds really fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of those movies before. Oh, Nightwatch and Daywatch? They were they were released in American art houses. They were Russian movies released in like vampire movies, aren't they? Oh. Roughly, yeah. I know yeah. Nightline and Day Dateline. <laughs> it's similar, you know. <laughs> they don't like that. Except the Ted Koppel role is a vampire. Sounds like a winner. We'll pick up the, the rest of the summer movie catalog in a later podcast and we'll be overthinking the worthiest ones in uh, succeeding episodes of the podcast, and we are out. <laughs>